Welcome everybody to Draft Politics Local Edition, episode 22. I'm EJ, and with me, like every week, hey, it's Steve. Uh, yeah, we're here with the local podcast. Uh, so we got lots to talk about. Uh, not quite as much as we did in the national podcast because impeachment. But uh, yeah, we've got a few things. Uh, first of all, a lot of strike news this week. Yeah, uh, striking. Huh? <laughs> striking. So uh, we've been talking a little bit about uh, the CTU and negotiations back and forth and the possibility that they'd be going on strike. Um, we've now had a strike vote since our last recording. Yes. Uh, and apparently 94% of the teachers voted in favor of the strike. Uh, and there's timelines built into when they're allowed to go on strike. Uh, the first day they'd be able to go on strike would be October 7th. Um, so what are your thoughts Ooh. as somebody with children in the school system? I mean, I've got a lot of thoughts. And, you know, we've been watching we have been watching the rhetoric on both sides ramp up. We've been hearing the folks and I uh, sorry, let me I'm going to restart that. I have a lot of thoughts. We have been hearing the rhetoric on both sides ramp up from the beginning. Uh, you know, Lori left the same negotiators in place. The CTU has been very critical of those negotiators. Um, there's been lots of talk about, you know, what's really on the table. So, you know, the CTU has wanted an agreement that goes until the next election. So there would be another renegotiation before uh, the next mayoral election. Um, there's been talk about, you know, increases in pay and then, librarians and social workers and nurses, which are all very important things. Honestly, with all of the rhetoric at this point, it's hard to tell if anybody is negotiating in good faith. Yeah, and you know, I think, you know, it's funny as I, I look at this and I think back to, as a football fan, I, you know, I experienced this, you know, with contract negotiations around, you know, the, the higher higher end athletes who are, you know, they're, they're up for renewal and there's all this tension going back and forth and, and to the last second. Yeah. And then, you know, it sounds like the deal's not going to get done and almost always the deal gets done. And I feel like a lot of what I'm seeing here sounds like that, where it's like, it's all about negotiation leverage and yeah. they're going to push to, my guess would be there will be some limited amount of strike. Like October 7th, the teachers will go on strike demonstration that they're united put some pressure on lightfoot put some pressure on those negotiators and then they'll come back to the table because ultimately everybody wants this all to work out um you know but it's just a matter of like who has the leverage over the negotiations yeah. that are going on I, I mean the thing that strikes me about all this and strike ha huh. uh, sorry but i look at it and say Nobody right now, nobody in their right mind would commit to spending the amount of money that needs to be spent without solid knowledge of revenues. Right. And, and that's the thing that I keep coming back to. So should we have nurses in all the schools? Yes. Social workers? Yes. Librarians? Yes. Those things are all important. Should the teachers be compensated for the work they do? 
equivalent to their importance in the communities? Absolutely. But do we know how much money we can spend right now? No. Yeah. I mean, I mean we've got a lot of new potential revenue sources coming around in the next year. Right. So we've got the possibility of the fair tax coming on board. We have revenue from marijuana legalization coming on board. Whatever new, I mean, there's a couple other new taxes right. that come on last year. So we don't know what the revenue situation looks like. We don't know how much of that money is coming back from the state to the city. So it's very hard to project forward and say, here's what our budget is, especially given, you know, we've got a billion dollar or so deficit. I, and that's just anyhow. It. And so if you say like, well, the mayor is being disingenuous or, you know, they've said much worse that, you know, the mayor's lying and doesn't really care about the kids because the mayor's daughter, Vivian, goes to private school. And so why would she care? That is that doesn't feel like it's a inadequate representation of the flexibility that the mayor may or may not have. Right. You know, and would you, if you knew, hey, next year, I don't know what my salary is going to be. Would you buy the most expensive car? Well, I wouldn't, but I like walking. But I get your metaphor, sir. Yeah. And I would not. I would hold out. I mean, it's I might, I might, you know, rent a car temporarily. I might just use Lyft or Uber yeah. or the bus or, you know, it, it just or walk or make your current car last for another year. Right. And it, it seems to me like Should we fix the transmission on the CTU. I think that's what you're saying. It does seem to me like all sides are better off if this negotiation happens when we know what the result of the fair tax vote is so why not put everybody's effort into getting that passed like have a i mean i think honestly yeah having a not even necessarily a new contract but like a temporary sort of understanding of like here's a slight pay bump for the next year yeah while we figure this all out and maybe and that may very well have to be a contract but it feels like but, you know, but then there's also, and we've talked about this before, is like there's negotiation leverage around, you know, are you better off saying we want a five-year contract versus a three-year contract and being able to negotiate when you know what those numbers are versus being able to say, well, we're just going to take our chances and, yeah. and hope for the best. And and I think that it does feel a little bit to me like the union is saying, hey, Lori, we want you to know that, one, we spent a ton of money trying to make sure you didn't get elected. And two, we have a lot of power here. And I don't know, that doesn't feel good to me. So I I don't see how the best contract gets signed right now without there being contingencies on the fair tax, for instance, or what the revenues are that are coming in. I would much rather they figure out some way to do this after they have a better picture of revenue projections. And so to me... For both sides, it seems like understand what the revenues are, come to the table with a solution that's going to help everybody. Yeah, Because in the end, uh, you know, I don't know that a strike helps anybody. Well, I mean, I think so far as it goes, a strike never helps anybody except that it it's a matter of leverage. It is the, yeah. the, the company or the government or whoever, if they can 
break the strike or, or, or you know, shorten it or whatever, then that gives them leverage. If the union can show strength and continue to push that, that the strike, yeah. that gives them a le- advantage. I mean, I, my, my dad was, in, was an airline pilot and uh, with United back in the day, and they had a strike where the pilots were very unified and the airline caved very quickly. Like, I remember my parents being concerned about making sure we had enough money because, you know, he obviously was going to be paid and da-da-da. And it was like, I want to say that strike was over in like a couple of weeks. It right. was very quick because they were able to show that kind of unity and, yeah. and resolve. The UAW strike with GM has gone on for two and a half weeks now. Yes. That and, looks you know, like and they're like the GM, like, stockpiled a bunch of parts in advance to try to help, you know, improve their hand if the strike came. Um, you know, so there's a lot of... A lot of back and forth around that. Now, I think the challenge we have is is the unknowns. It's that we don't know how much of Lightfoot's position is affected by the revenue projections and, and what, you know, is she not giving up more than she could because, you know, because of that or because of other reasons. And it's hard to say. And, and it makes perfect sense for the teachers to fight for as much as they can get because you know they're that's what they're going to be stuck with for the next few yeah. years. Yeah. And and I will say that I believe the teachers when they say that it's not really as much about their salary anymore. It's about support services. Yeah, absolutely. And and they are doing the right things. I yeah. uh, I believe that 100%. Um I know a lot of teachers I, I I've talked to them about it. A lot of teachers who supported Lightfoot and are disappointed. So it's a it's a fraught situation. This is a remarkably good IPA. Like it's not it's not hoppy at all. But I think that's part because of the juices they add to give the Mai Tai quality. Hey everybody, listen to the podcast. Turns out we just ordered some more beer. Yeah, the I, a little little behind the scenes. As we're having our conversation, we're both looking for the waitress, trying to get our next beer order in. I, I, you know, it's been one of the things, and I know we're not really on the beer break, but maybe we should before we talk about the nurses' strike. Every place we've been to, the servers have been really accommodating and trying to figure out how to... What the hell are we even doing? <laughs> yeah, how help us out, and what's with the Britney Spears mics and, right. and everything, and uh, no... No exception here. They've really helped us out and kind of snuck in, dropped beers off. Yeah, it's been great. And it today has. we're at Old Irving Brewery on Montrose, just west of Keeler, just yeah, east near the of highway. The, the highway. Uh, yeah, and it's it's a. I've never been to this location. You've been here a few times. You know, I think that's probably one of the things that's fun about doing this podcast is trying out different places. Yeah. Sometimes going back to our old places. This is the second week in a row we've done new places. I have no idea where we're going to go next week, but we'll find out. I mean, I think we've done 22 episodes and we've done 16 different places. That's pretty good. That's yeah, we've talked good. about, like, we should put out a map of, like, all the places we've gone to. And, you know, inevitably we'd have a nothing but positive reviews for all these places because that's really been our experience. It's like the we rate dogs... Twitter, right? Where it's 12 out of 10, 13 out of right. 10. Well, like I mean, Old like, Irving Brewery, 11 out of what, 10 would what is drink. A, what is a bad tap room? I mean, what does that even look like? They don't have, they're out of beer? Like, I mean. 
It's Yingling and Make America Great Again hats. And even then, I kind of like Yingling. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But not with the hat. Not with the hat. Anyhow, back, back to, to strikes. Back to labor relations. Um, so, yeah, so the CTU strike, we've talked about that. Uh, something we haven't talked about was uh, University of Chicago uh, Medical Center had a nurses strike. And um, this is another, this is a good, you know, talking about leverage and all that. So they had a strike for, for 24 hours. The nurses came back and they were locked out. Basically what happened was that the hospital said, we hired temporary nurses uh, and they locked out the nurses for four days where they then used uh, the temporary nurses. Or as you might call in union parlance, scabs. So it's interesting to me, you know, one of the things I'd, I'd be very curious about is the people who were there at UC Medical Center during yeah. those times, what, what was their quality of care? How did that vary? Like, one of the things ultimately when you talk about, you know, strikes and labor is like, if that labor is easily replaceable with other labor, then the union obviously has less power. I mean, that's yeah. one of the reasons why you see, um, like the UAW strike that we've talked about, um, they're they're hot bringing a lot of temporary workers, and the, and that's been a key point of contention because the temporary workers reduce the power of the union. Right. And if you can bring in temporary nurses, obviously that reduces the power of the union. But I don't know, man. I've worked in hospitals for lots of years, and I don't want temporary anybody. Well, and the nurses, I feel like, are the the core of what makes hospitals work. I mean, doctors, obviously, you need them for, like, yeah. the, the surgeries and the, and the larger diagnoses and all that, and, you know, that's important. But, like, the, the real care is done by nurses. The interactions I've had with friends of mine and yeah. family members who are in hospitals almost always is with the nurses, except for, you know, the occasional minute where the doctor comes by to give you an update. Yeah. The work gets done. Yes. By the nurses. Absolutely. You know, and I think it's yeah. like, and I think there's, there's and a common theme, I think, between nurses and teachers is that they're both things that are extremely important, but are largely undervalued. Yes. Because, because they don't necessarily have as much negotiating power when they're, when they're trying to get their salaries. And because there are lots of people who will work those jobs because they like they like the job. They like that feeling of contributing back to society. Right. And, and so will they work for less because of that, the way they feel good about it? Yes. But it isn't fair that they should be kind of screwed because of that. No, that's a really, really good point. And I, I, I had a conversation. Uh, I was at a, a fundraiser last week for Roosevelt High School, which is in my neighborhood. It's in Albany Park. Shelf Silverstein went to Roosevelt High School. And I was is talking that where the sidewalk ended? Uh, well, you know, it is on a T, so maybe. Okay. I, and I was talking to one of the teachers there who said, I did not start uh, as a teacher to be a teacher. And then I started doing it and realized how much I loved the kids. Yeah. And he's been a, a teacher there for 12 years. And that is just, that rings true. And it's the same for nurses. You know, like it's, as you said, it's people are doing the thing that they love to do and is also important for society, we should support them however we can. Yeah, and I think it's one of the challenges with K-12 
capitalism, generally speaking, is that doing jobs that are rewarding personally and are important to society tend not to pay that well because people are willing to do them for less money because yeah. they're important. Yeah. You know, but then you, and, and what does tend to be rewarding is, you know, being a sociopathic uh, business owner who screws over people in the environment and da 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 because because the money is the reason you're doing it. Right. And, and you know, and if the money wasn't there, you wouldn't be doing it. Um, and that mismatch is something that we are going to have to figure out if we're going to want to have a functioning country in the long run. That feels like a whole other podcast. That might be a different podcast. That's maybe we'll that's get Steve's Andrew podcast Yang on that about one. capitalism sucking, but not entirely. Because I'm on the fence about that sort of stuff. Whew. So, one thing I forgot to mention about the teachers <laughs> is that uh, Bernie Sanders was here last week to march with the teachers of at a rally. Uh, and I, I, I actually saw a lot of my friends' pictures with him. He was there. Um, and I think that's good. I like the national exposure. Suburbs, you want to talk about the suburbs? Sure. Um, yeah, so we've had many conversations about various forms of FBI raids in previous podcasts, and the suburbs are replete with them this week. Um, replete. Nice. Yeah, so we have uh, an FBI raid on State Senator Martin Sandoval, and related to that, there were a series of raids on government offices in McCook, Summit, and Lyons. Um and also an insurance company in Lyons, Getty Insurance. Apparently there were boxes of documents taken from uh, the McCook government offices. Uh, Which I love, by the way. I love that idea. What did you take? We took cardboard boxes of documents. Every well, one of these reporting things. They actually like brought in cardboard boxes, loaded them with documents, okay, and then took them out. Like It's not like you buy them you know, just in, ca in case of FBI raid break glass. And there's a bunch of cardboard boxes there. But that's always <laughs> the reporting. Well, Although, early at, morning at Burke's today, office, they may very well have had that installation. <laughs> from the last After one. the first raid. you know, It's like, okay, well, let's. Let's simplify this. Would it help you guys if we just right. kept some of these here? Right. <laughs> the FBI just sort of mounts it on the wall and they're like, what's that for? Don't worry about yeah, it. Don't worry about <laughs> it. We'll pick that up later. Uh, but then one of the other raids on the summit office, um, they, asked inter they asked employees a lot of questions about uh, various contracts and licensing, but they didn't take any documents. Apparently the raid involved um, members of the IRS criminal investigation unit. Um, well, the, and, and there was also a thing about Sandoval's son getting a job at Pace. I did not hear this part. So, so it was that he used Sandoval used his position in the transportation committee or chairman to get his son a job at Pace. Okay, um, you know, kind of typical clout, you know, nepotism kind of thing. Right. Um, now, it's hard to know that all those things are tied, but it would be funny if they weren't. Right. Um, yeah, and then also um, Cook County Commissioner Jeff Tobolsky, who I did not know was a person until just this today, um, who is also the mayor of McCook, uh, is suspected that they may have, he may have some involvement in that that would sort of connect why McCook is involved in this, but we don't really know for sure at this point. 
I mean, it's all, you know, and honestly, as far as it goes, it's all standard base level Illinois corruption. Like, I don't feel like there's anything, like, particularly new and exciting here. No, no, it's, you know, it's effing golden. No, right. uh, I, no, nobody involving Ukraine or Russia, so that's good. Not that we know of. That we know of. Yeah. I, you know, William is, Barr does not appear to be involved. It yet. is something that I've I've noted is that we haven't heard a lot from some of the ongoing investigations that the Ed Burke stuff we haven't heard a lot of recently we haven't heard much from the sexual harassment suits uh, yep. surrounding Speaker Madigan you know that's all been kind of quiet well and I think the nature of those things is they do take a little while to play out um, one thing I will say as I was hearing about this stuff is recognizing that you know, William Barr is in charge of the Department of Justice. FBI reports to him. Like, as I see FBI rating something or other, like, I, I keep thinking, like, these are the people who work for William Barr. Now, several several people are moved, and it gets back to what we were talking about in the national podcast of, you know, there are people who are working yeah. in these government bodies who have been there for years and are not corrupted by the system, and Certainly, there's a lot of what the FBI does that William Barr has nothing to do with. But it does, like, is one of those things that sort of occurs to me as we yeah. have that corruption of our system. Like, where is that uh, the corruption being applied? Like, it, what investigations might might be implicated if, you know, Trump is trying to dig up something on somebody about something? Yeah, luckily, none of the 65 Democratic candidates who are running for president are from Illinois. Right. Uh, and, and right now... I think Donald Trump and William Barr are focused on California. They're a little distracted, I think, is what's going on. By the impeachment and, you know, taking action against California. Right. So I think we're probably okay for now. Um, I would be surprised if we went another couple of weeks without news on some of those fronts. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, it might take a little while for all that to unfold, but... I'm 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 hoping we'll get something soon. And I think the other thing we're going to start seeing pick up is the movement to get the fair tax amendment passed. Yeah. So we're already starting to see days of action. Days of action. Yeah. My 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 so alderman uh, Matt Martin has yeah. been doing some canvassing for that, which that's one of the things that really excites me about um, him as alderman. Like I've never seen, um, like you rarely see people in office working towards an issue like that like it's 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 kind of a different thing and the so activism it, is good yeah it's good yeah um and i'm pretty sure days of a- action were the sequel to days of thunder but right clearly maybe it was a prequel yes Not less sure. car crashes involved fewer fewer car crashes oh we're gonna be like that huh <laughs> this but yeah this pedantry mode brought to you by ej <laughs> So I think we're we're getting close to more than that. And really, this is something if you want to make a difference, a real difference in your life, and you live in Chicago especially or Illinois, get involved in the fair tax. Yeah, it's it's totally dry, bureaucratic. Oh yeah, N- nothing nothing sounds great like going to somebody's door and talking to them about taxes. But um, this is something I'm. I so for a little background, I am a little more of an introverted type, so going door to door and talking to people sounds like really bad. 
I don't know what like what form of torture that's most equivalent to, but I don't like it. Let's put it that way. Um, so do I want to do it? No. Do I feel like I need to do it? Yes, because if we don't get the fair tax passed, the the then what it'll be is raising taxes on everybody. Yes, it'll be raising income taxes. It'll be raising property taxes. If we can get this passed, we can focus it on people who have more resources to give. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But I'm going to try. So should you. So should you. So at the end of this session, we should remind people, go to the Old Irving Brewery because it's fantastic. Yes. The beer is great. Yes. They've got a great selection. Yeah, and I uh, ended up getting the Mai Tai PA, which is a... An IPA that is made to be like a Mai Tai. Now, there's the whole hot thing about juicy IPAs. They kind of took it to the next level by simply adding juice to the IPA, which I think makes it a lot better. Um, what is it on the beer list? Because it says, like, what the actual ingredients are. And EJ's so looking at this now. So your Mai Tai IPA, Citra, Mosaic, and the Harotau Mintefru Dry Hopped IPA with Saigon Cinnamon. Tahitian vanilla bean, pineapple, cherry, and milk sugar. That's going to be 6.5 ABV, only 28 IBUs. And that pineapple and cherry really gives it that Mai Tai feel. It and, does. And I'm a big tiki drink person, so like this is totally in my wheelhouse. Um, it was really good. It yeah. was really good. And so, of course, I went for the Beezer, which was just Citra and Mosaic double dry hopped IPA. And so not enough pineapple juice is what you're telling no me. No pineapple juice. I, it's a hazy, though. Tragic it's, oversight. It's it's really nice. I I mean, this is a place I would hang out at all the time if I lived within walking distance. And didn't have a job, you know. And, and didn't have a job. Hang out here. And, I mean. I mean, eventually it would be a problem, but. Yeah, even <laughs> the Wi-Fi is pretty good, so. Yeah. The beer is good. The food is good. The Wi-Fi is good. The service is good. Close to the good. freeway. Close to the blue line. That's right. Why aren't you here right now? That's what I exactly. want to know. You could do Revolution Brew Pub and Old Irving 12 minutes apart on the blue line. Sounds like a future pub crawl episode. We should do that sometime. Well, actually, we did that that one time of, like, recording different segments of different bars. Yeah, it was not, not by not choice. Deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should do that deliberately someday. I think anyhow. we should. Well... I think we've talked enough about beer. We've talked enough about FBI raids. Uh, anything else? I don't think so. All right. Thanks for sticking with us again. We'll be back at you next week. More impeachment news, more raids, more beer. More strikes. More strikes. Less, fewer strikes? Fewer strikes. Crowd less strikes. strike. Crowd strikes. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>